I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Sun Sport Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. I'm joined by no less than Gareth Law. Are you well, Gareth? Uh, as well can be expected after being at the Scottish Football Writers Association dinner last night, Derek. You're generally among the more professional scribes at that kind of dinner, Gareth. I trust you are in still relatively good nick. Working nick. Working nick. Yeah. Well, that's fine. We'll accept that. As long as you're fit enough to offer good opinions. I'll let others be the judge, I think, that's the best, especially on a day like today. Fair enough, Gareth. Fair enough. Ray McKinnon, finally unveiled by Dundee United today. Good appointment. I think so, Derek. I think he's earned his spurs. If you if you like, uh, he's been down the divisions. He's he's managing the junior game. He's he's worked at the SFA. I think he's he's done his apprenticeship. If you like, he's he's had some some decent results, uh, decent performances. Great season with Wraith. I'm sure if he'd said to Wraith fans at the start of the season, they'd have finished where they did and did so well against the bigger teams in that in that division. Played so well against Hibs, uh, albeit they lost in the uh, overall. Yeah, I think it was clear from day one that. He was the man that Stephen Thompson wanted. I know possibly his appointment got delayed by a few days, but I think it would have been a bigger surprise if he'd not been the man unveiled today. I think there was a sense that uh, while Ray McKinnon clearly wanted to take the job, he wasn't, I mean, and he was well aware that he was the favoured candidate. I I think there was a sense that he wasn't just going to take the first offer, and he also, I would imagine, wanted to be absolutely 100% sure of a budget and how how much room he would have for manoeuvre in the transfer market. And I think if you know that you're the the only man that that they want, why shouldn't you hold out for whether it's a higher higher wage, bigger budget? He was the man with the power, so I think he was quite within his rights to do that. He'd have been uh, foolish not to take the I think so. Up. I think yeah. so. He's already spoken with the sound that he's not going to be messed about. You know, he's, he's spoken about how Stephen Thompson made the decision to get rid of all these players or tell players who were under contract beyond the end of the season that, that they weren't wanted and they were free to sign other clubs. Well, he's come out today and said, if I decide I want to keep some of them, I'll be keeping them. So I think it's a, it's a good good way to start. He's, let, he's put down a marker. He must have, you can only presume he's been given some assurances over some form of budget there. I don't think it's going to be an easy job in, in a division like that with, with the teams that have have stayed down, who are going down, and you know one or two like a, for example, a Mirren, these kind of teams you'd imagine they'd be stronger under Alec Ray next season. So it's not going to be an easy job. The players that were let go by the chairman, they weren't effectively let go. They were told that there was no room for them to be to be re-signed because there was no budget at that moment. So effectively, you know, if I want to go and speak to any of those players, I can, and I might. You know, um, as I said, you know that that. You know, I think it was blown out of proportion exactly how that was dealt with. Uh, I wasn't the manager at the time, so I have no control over that. But if I want to go and speak to any of those players, I can. You know, it's my, it'll be my decision ultimately who's at this club and who's not at this club. It's an interesting tact for McKinnon to take. You know, as you say about the players that have been let go, and you know, Stephen Thompson has let these players go. And you think after McKinnon has actually come out and said, eh, "Sorry, I may decide that they could still be useful." You could just imagine Thompson checking if the ink's dry in the contract. Um, <laughs> slightly awkward, however. Are you quite impressed with the fact that already McKinnon's kind of stamping a bit of authority in this job? I, I think he has mm. to. I think he has to. Do you think he'll never be stronger than he is now, actually? 
Well, I mean, as we said, he was the only candidate. So presumably, as well as asking for a budget and asking for a salary that he was happy with, he's also been given some form of, of leeway, some form of assurances that it's his gig. I did find it strange that they made those decisions to to tell the players they were free to go when the new manager wasn't there, particularly because of, of a situation like this arising. I mean, I mean if, if you're a player who knows you're not wanted by the chairman, yeah, you're wanted by the manager and the chairman's still about. You wonder, though, of those players that have been released, how many really would have the kind of inkling, will, desire, call it whatever you want, to then go back to the club, yeah. having been relegated, ditched, but then suddenly recalled, if indeed that's what Ray McKinnon chooses to do. You know, you wonder if any of them would still be prepared to play for United. I yeah. think there's, there's maybe two different types of players in there. Some, you might say, beggars might not be able to be choosers and they might be grateful to stay on. Others who might prefer to, to take up the option to, to go... Yeah. sacrifice the extra year contract or whatever to go for a bigger club get a two year deal somewhere else so I think that I think there is a disparity in there in, in that sense I think what McKinnon certainly has demonstrated at his time at Wraith Rovers is an ability to make the most of not very much I suppose when you've got a very modest budget there's even more emphasis on you having an eye for a player and that's a very good quality for a manager to have. So you, you, you can certainly see maybe that respect that Stephen Thompson found particularly appealing yeah, and I think the other thing he's, he's very good at, as he showed this year, I mean, the, the pitch up in Kakadi wasn't the greatest, especially latterly yes. this season, and I think... They played he, not bad football. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think as the pitch got worse, he was able to get that team to mix it up. If they had to go long on a pitch like that, they'd go long, but equally, they'd go to Easter Road, they'd go to some of these better pitches, they, they could get the ball down and play it the right way. Mm. So I think as well as spotting a player... He's got a way of working as well, which which seems to tick all the boxes. And you know, I think Dundee United will need a need a good start to the season uh, next season. We saw what happened to the likes of Sitmarin this season. Poor start, and there was no way back. Then they were always trying to play catch up. So I mean, it's, a, I mean, it's just an obvious statement, but it's a massive season for Dundee United. I mean, however many players he decides to keep, he's obviously got to bring guys in as well. The last two or three weeks have shown that they have got one or two there who are peaking at the wrong time if you like but it's, it's too late for this season but yeah, your Simon Murray's your Justin Johnson's uh, your Matty Smith's have all impressed when they've been given their chances under under Gordon Young You touched on those players uh, Gareth at Dundee United and you, you know, always find it obscene that a manager loses his job he's fired on the back of dreadful results and then no sooner does that manager leave the club suddenly results take an upturn you always find that quite obscene suddenly United have gone in one of their best runs of the season with a caretaker manager you know, I mean, what does that say about the players? What I was going to say was I was up in Inverness for, their, for the first game after Mixu had gone and uh, Gordon Young went from the three at the back that Mixu had been persisting with and persisting to, the, despite every week it kind of failed. Clearly not, working. not working. And sometimes you wondered if the, the defenders or the defenders looked like they'd not played together before. The communication was terrible. One player would be sitting back in and playing somebody on side. Backline was, was, was terrible. He went straight to a back four against Inverness they looked straight away, they looked more solid, there was more freedom in, in front of that. And you do wonder, had he been telling Mixu go to a back four mm. when he was there? Mm. If he hadn't, was he not doing his job? But as soon as he's gone in, back four there, he's given one or two of these young boys a chance. Uh, Simon Murray's been given a bit more freedom going forward and, and I've, he's somebody who I've been really impressed with the last uh, the last couple of weeks. He's, he's, looked, he's looked really good and, he, and he's he's a player who, he's been down the divisions and he's he's he looks like a player who's wanting to make the most of this opportunity he's got and, and has. 
and has. Good angle ball that by Fraser for Simon Murray. He's under severe pressure. It's good play by Murray. Oh, it's brilliant play by Murray. United have equalised. And Ray McKinnon will be delighted with that contribution from Simon Murray, showing composure and confidence. It's excellent play. Uh, clearly, man management, we, we know in any workplace, man management is, is, you know, good man management is vital. It's appreciated. It gets the best out of people. And, you know, maybe it's just straightforward the case as the players just felt they weren't responding to Mitchell's methods. Gordon Young, as a, 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 you know, a stand-in caretaker with a bit more authority, they're clearly responding to him more. Simon Murray, in particular, Gareth, suddenly has become a goal machine. Does that tell you that he could be a main man next season? I think he will be. Um, he's got a great goal. Uh, he scored it in Venice. Yeah, yeah. And distance. Yeah, he was he was kind of uh, denied a second uh, with the way the ball came off Josh Meekings for one of the, the other goals. But he's got a work rate about him. Can finish. He can play in one or two different positions. And I, but I think he's also got that. I mean, they're going to need guys who are willing to roll the sleeves up next season. And I think he, he's definitely got that about him as well as, as some of this, you know, the ability that that goal against Inverness showed. So I, th- I think he could be a he could be a major player next season. Harry Souter scored yeah. also at the weekend. He, you know, he's very much been in the shadows of his his brother. But um, there's another player that you think, well, he's another one that's probably going to suddenly be playing more games next season. But he, I saw him make his debut at home at Tanadice against Partick last week. Again, didn't look out of place. And despite being so young, he's got a stature about him, he's got a build about him, he's got a presence in the back line. So again, I mean, I think when you throw in then your Justin Johnsons, your Matty Smiths and, and these guys, you can see there is, there's an element of, we, we, we all know the players that Dundee United have brought through in recent seasons. I'm not saying they're going to uncover another Ryan Gold in, in the championship, but there's elements that they can, as well as bringing players in, there's a system, there's, a, there's, there's something they can dip into um, to, to sort of, Add, add in, in, in and around any experience that Ray McKinnon is able to, to bring in. I mean, listen, it's a nightmare season for Dundee United and obviously being relegated at Dens Park was just the worst case scenario for all United fans. However, you know, two wins and a draw in the last three games, has that, um, you know, is that enough to give them optimism, the United fans for next season? I suppose we all saw what happened when Leicester... Can, can, they, can they grab that? Can they, can they clutch onto that? I think, well, I was going to say, we saw what happened with Leicester, how they they came back into things at the end of last season and were able to carry that going in, into this season. They survived, Dundee United haven't, so it's a different, different uh, ball game in that sense, but it can't do them any harm at all. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs> I was at uh, Celtic Motherwell. Celtic's biggest win over Motherwell for 34 years, Gareth, and I have to say Motherwell were abysmal. However, credit were, you know, it's due for Celtic as well. They were terrific. Great goals, seven different goal scorers. Perfect send-off for Ronnie Dyler. I think it was. I was there with you yesterday and it was, uh, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for them, I don't think. As you wrote in your match report this morning, it could have been a, a cricket score the way Motherwell played. I think it was three and a half times, six nil, less than an hour into the game. And... I mean, I think Motherwell had just got the holiday heads on, the bags were packed, and they, they never got going. I, I just thought... I mean, they even I, made Effie Ambrose look a good player. <laughs> I mean, I, it was ironic, if you like, that the performance that Celtic put in yesterday was the kind of performance that Ronnie Dyler had promised when he sat in that first press conference after being unveiled. He said he was going to play swashbuckling football, he was going to get the ball down, he was going to get the fans off, off their seats, plenty of goals... And if you're honest, we've not really seen certainly a consistency or, or anything of the like. 
yesterday was probably one of the days, the best days that, oh. that, that summed up his philosophy. It was an exhilarating performance. Yeah, and ironic that it, it's, it was to, to see him bow out, but I think if, if, you'd, if, you'd, if you'd said to him yesterday morning, you know, what would the perfect send-off be, you wouldn't have gone far away, for the script wouldn't have gone far away from what we saw yesterday. You, quite rightly, I may say, paid quite a, a warm tribute to Ronnie uh, in the Sun and Sunday in the inside right column, and uh, it was especially because of his uh, his personal qualities and how he's been to deal with. I think that's the, the views that you offered there. I think we would all of us would echo. Because of that, were you especially pleased that he was able to leave in such a high? You wouldn't have wanted to see him. You know, jeered off the pitch, or oh, no, know, bluntly no. told where to go. I mean, he's always shown good grace in good times and the bad times. And from a, from our point of view, you could ask him any question, and he'd give you an answer. And even through the bad times, there would be an element. There'd be a maybe a a wry smile, or you know, he 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 knew it was part of the job. And I think I think if you asked ninety nine, if not a hundred percent, of the journalists who who have dealt with him, they would say that he was his conduct was how it should be and it's just a pity that he couldn't back that up with the results, performances, the outcomes and the successes that, that he, he said he would bring. He's the only Celtic manager I've ever known Gareth who at no point has ever openly fallen out with a reporter. Yeah, you weren't banned by him were you? No, <laughs> he, he, was, he was a standalone in that respect Gareth, thanks for, uh, thanks for mentioning that. But no open hostility over stories. He didn't have any fights that I know of uh, directly with reporters. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, quite a few of his predecessors have, you know, have, have done or had always terrific to deal with and from a, 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 a you know to, to interview when you know someone is quite happy to take any any question whether it's a personal one or a professional one that's a dream I think when I wrote it on Sunday I think you know the new guy who comes in after him might bring more success to, to Celtic might play better football but I think they, they'd go a long way to, to show better conduct than than he has during his, his two years in, in charge. I mean, listen, I mean, for all the, the, the deserved compliments about Ronnie as a person, I mean, I think in saying that, I think there was a majority, you know, most of his accepted, he still had to go. Oh, totally, yeah. You know, the European record was abysmal. In fairness to Ronnie, I think towards the end he accepted that progress yeah. hadn't been made, but he certainly, you wish him well for the future. Oh, to, yes, I mean, it would be fascinating to see where he ends up. Where do you see him ending up, Gareth? What's your gut feeling? Oh, he's made no secret of the fact that he doesn't really doesn't want to go back future. to Norway, does Norway, he? No, I mean, there's, there's been the links to, to Bronby. You could see possibly him going somewhere in Scandinavia. 
I mean, to have Celtic on the CV and two titles is going to be attractive to some yeah. many, many, many uh, club owners, you would imagine. So I don't think he'll have too much trouble in finding finding a, a new opportunity somewhere. Yeah, Motherwell. Well, before we get to Motherwell, I mean, clearly, you know, Celtic had seven different goal scorers yesterday. Yeah. You know, you know, you've got uh, Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic, Patrick Roberts, Stuart Armstrong, Jack Aitchison. Of them all, was the most noteworthy, youngest player, sixteen years, seventy-one days to have ever played for Celtic, and the youngest player also to have scored a league goal. He's taken the records from Mark Fotheringham and Paul McStay respectively. You witnessed the goal, first touch. Sensational. Dream, dream start. I think he's also the first. I, th- I think he's the first player to be born in this millennium <laughs> to play in the top flight in Scotland as well, uh, which makes me feel old, and I don't know what it makes you feel, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean he came on and what I mean, a dream, even what makes a dream Patrick start. Roberts feel old. Exactly. Yeah. Great start for the for the boy, and I mean we spoke to Ryan Christie afterwards, and and he was he was quick to explain how the whole dressing room was happy for for um, for Jack and that he couldn't believe how young Jack was when he first saw him play. Back to McGregor, that comes off Pearson. This is Aitchison with a chance! Jack Aitchison, 16 years and 71 days old, the youngest player to make a debut for Celtic, and he scored with his very first touch in top-class football. Don't know if big things will be expected of him next season. I think it's too early to, too early to say that, but clearly, you know, one for the future and um, another one off the conveyor belt. We've seen it before. Young strikers making the breakthrough at Celtic. Mark Burchill, Tony Watt, to, yeah. to name but a few. But I mean, with such a sensational start, expectations inevitably are going to be high. Yeah, I mean, he was <laughs> he was useful off the bench yesterday with Lee Griffiths suspended. Colin Kazim Richards nowhere to be seen. Yes. So yeah, I think I mean Ryan Christie started up up there yesterday and eventually got his goal after putting a sitter over the bar but yeah I mean yeah great great for a great finish and a great way for for Jack Aitchison to go into the summer now and uh, to look to build on that and of course the one person that uh, uh, I neglected to mention who was also on the score sheet was Kieran Tierney it was, yeah. you know for him to score with his right foot yeah. just kind of underlines it was a season that just everything went for him really apart from maybe one or two games that he would single out defeats but otherwise fabulous season for Kieran Tierney Tierney is free on the left Checking inside now. Goes for goal. He's done it! Kieran Tierney gets his first ever goal for Celtic. And the breakthrough has been achieved. It's a very good finish indeed by the youngster. He won the Scottish Football Riders Association Young Player of the Year last night. I voted for him. I presume many people voted for him. Um, I think he, he was a standout. For what he's done this season, I think that goal yesterday just just capped what's been an unbelievable season, going from playing under twenties football to to being a Scotland international. He he looks a player beyond his years, speaks in press conferences like a player beyond his uh, years, and and seems very level-headed. I don't think he's gonna let all this attention get to him. He, he speaks very well, and and I think he still lives with his parents. So yeah, I mean. A great finish to a great season for him. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottishsun.co.uk slash sport. Another Scottish Football Writers Association winner, of course, was Jim McIntyre, mm-hmm. Manager of the Year. Phenomenal end to the season with a 4-0 win at Aberdeen. 
you know, with the greatest of respect to Ross County, no one saw that coming. I mean, how much further do you think Jim McIntyre can take Ross County? He's manager of the year now, but can he beat a major trophy? I think I think and a top six finish. I think you just have to look across the Cassock Bridge and, and see, you know, Inverness. Or you know, they were winning the, the Scottish Cup final this time last year, and. It's been a, it was a tough season after that to try and live up to those expectations. I mean, you've asked the question, but it's go, it is going to be tough, if not impossible, to, to beat this year. The job he's done is phenomenal. I voted for him as, as manager of the year as well. He spoke very eloquently last night, admitted they had the, the poor start. I think it was something like two wins from 19 or two yes. wins. Uh, you know, it didn't, didn't come easily. They made so many changes there in, in the squad. And now you look at that squad and, and they've got guys who've been around the block a bit and he's used his contacts well. I think he's also a guy, he's made no bones the, about the fact that he made mistakes when he was at Dunfermline and, and he's, he's built on those, he's learned from those. He's gone away, reflected on, on what he did wrong at Dunfermline. And then when he got the chance back in at Queen of the South, he started putting the building, the building blocks back up on, onto his management career and has used those experiences well. That is bearing the fruits at, uh, in Dingwall now. That's two good votes you have. Clearly made, Gareth. Your football knowledge is improving. You're learning from the best, obviously. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for you to find out about the other two. <laughs> <laughs> Aberdeen. I mean, it's a huge summer for Derek McInnes. You know, we were talking about Jim McIntyre and how you know how much further he can take Ross County. Derek McInnes clearly, you know, today he's released a number of players. You know, Barry Robson's now retired. Goodwillie's been freed. Two goalkeepers, Colin and Scott Brown, have gone. Derek has not been shy in talking about how we've. He hopes the board can back him. Can you see Derek McInnes making major transfer moves? Or do you think he'll still have a limited budget? I still think there'll be a, a limitation to his budget. I still think he'll also go with the core of the players he's got there right now. I mean, you've got, you've got quite a good spread of ages in there. You know, Kenny McLean's, Ryan Jacks. These guys, you know, you, even your Craig Stories are coming through. He's going, to be a, he's going to be another year older next season. Danny Rogers is coming back. Whether he'll get the nod for the number one, or not, I'm Is not he sure. Good to go be back I think he's one. proved this year that he he could be good good enough. He's he's the same age as Danny Ward was this time last year when when uh, Derek McInnes brought Danny Ward in from from Liverpool on loan. So Derek McInnes has shown he's he's not afraid to pitch in a young goalkeeper. I think what Danny Rogers has done this season is he's done everything that could have been asked of him. You know, he's, he's, he's won the Championship Player of the Year award. He's played in big games and he's performed in big games. I think it'll be interesting to see. Who starts even in pre-season? You know, the, the, I think we've. Uh, it, it'll. It, he's certainly got the ability. It's just about whether Derek feels he's ready. I guess uh, mentally and, and whether he's got the temperament to to play in these big games uh, as yet. But uh, and a quick word for Barry Robson. I mean, he's he's now he's hung up the boots. He's looking at a career in uh, management. A career, a playing career for him to be proud of. Oh, I think so. I think he's played over six hundred and fifty games, and uh, I remember when. Uh, he was obviously up at Inverness, and you know to go from where where he did, where he was, scoring against Barcelona and teaming up so effectively for for Celtic with Paul Harley, the Dogs of War, and I think so. And I think I, I get the impression he will be a good coach, stroke manager. I think so. I think um, I think you hear him speak about the game, and as well as a passion there, I think there's a know-how, a knowledge, a, a, a realism, and I, I can see him a very good manager going forward. Hearts and Johnson at the weekend, 2-2, incident-packed game. Tommy Wright, I, I never tire talking about the job that Tommy Wright's done it. Yeah. St. Johnson, terrific manager who we're often surprised at the fact that he, he doesn't seem to get a sniff of jobs down south. All of a sudden, 
there's talk of Nottingham Forest justifiable for you, Gareth? I think he could have been manager of the year. He's a bit like Stuart McCall, if you like. Stuart McCall never got manager of the year, but if, if you had a manager of the year over the period of Stuart McCall's reign at Motherwell, mm-hmm. he would probably, you know, the consistency that's been shown over, over the spell that Tommy Wright's been in charge, he would be he would definitely be in with a chance if it was a manager of the last three years, for example. Tommy Wright would be the manager of the last three years for what he's achieved consistently at St Johnston. Hearts clearly are another team they've got a big transfer summer ahead what's the one position you think is the biggest priority for them at hearts yeah i think i think striker i mean i think they're they're going to lose a couple up front i think and i think uh, goals are, are what they need i just think they were possibly lacking there i mean osman so was such a big player for them first half of the season and uh, they'll be looking to get somebody into to replace to, to replace what he did for them in the first half of the season to to give them such a good platform we discussed on United's win at Kilmarnock. In terms of Lee Clark's side, I mean, what kind of shape are they in approaching this crucial first leg of the playoff final on Thursday night against Falkirk? I mean, they rested a couple of players there on the weekend, but I think I think there's a there's a side there that if Falkirk were to score the first goal, I think they would be in trouble. I think there's I think there's doubts in that team. I think I think Lee Clark's done a good job. Don't get me wrong. Brought in a couple of shrewd signings, and I think if he could if he could keep them up this year, I think you'd see a a totally new look come on like next season. I think that's when you would see him using his contacts to bring in guys. More he's brought in a couple already, but more guys from down south, giving guys a chance. That you know, guys with a hunger, guys with a with a point to prove. I mean, he talked about taking the club into Europe on it on the, on the day that he was unveiled. I'm not saying they would quite go as high as that, uh-huh. but um, I think there would be changes in the summer, uh, and it would give him the platform to build a Kilmarnock team that won't be doing what they've been doing for the last two or three seasons and struggling at this time of the season. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sunsport on Twitter. Two final games for brief analysis, Gareth. Inverness have finished best of the rest, top of the bottom six. 4-0 route over Dundee. It's a strong finish to the season for them. And, And, you know, congratulations to them in that respect. But... If you're looking after a Dundee point of view, a flat end for them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there was there was big things hoped for there. They got so close to making the top six, like like a lot of clubs did, actually. It was such a tight tight bottom six that, you know, they've just missed out on it. And I think, I think it must be only human nature. As much as players say they'll keep going and they'll give their all to the end of the season. They've lost an edge. The, yeah, the edge goes. Yeah, the competitive edge goes. And I think, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sorry way to finish the, the season because Paul Hartley's done a done a, a great job there this year I think you know he's done very well in the transfer market done his business early and I think he's reaped the rewards for doing that Story was the first goal scorer for Inverness great signing for Inverness yep. clearly somebody that John Hughes will want to keep I think so I mean he's uh, he kind of came in and, and hit the ground pretty hit the ground running pretty much straight away I think he's going to be a big player the, the, the big question mark in Inverness right now I think is budget you know how much does John Hughes dictate everything I think so and I think um, I think he'll be banging his head against the brick wall because he'll be wanting to bring a few players in judging by previous transfer windows Finally Partick and uh, Hamilton 2-2 draw Doolan scores again for yeah, Thistle yeah. Brophy gets a double for Hamilton young lad coming through yeah. two good players two you know, two good front men for, for each club Yeah I mean Doolan <laughs> Doolan seems to have had most of his successes coming off the bench this season he's been a great impact player for Alan Archibald but um, yeah the, rec- the record he's had there Scoring in those successive games is an incredible way to finish finish a season. Brophy, I like the look of Brophy. I think he's in he's in talks with Hamilton to 
sign a new deal. Another one off the, the conveyor belt there. I think he scored in two games against Celtic this season. In the two games against Celtic this That's season. Correct. No, I like I like what he's what, what he's shown so far. So I think he could be a an important player for the next season. Gareth, thanks very much. Thanks, Derek. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.